0: Nothing is too hard for him. And we thank God this morning. We want to thank all of those that joined us on last Sunday online. It was truly a blessing to have you be a part of our worship experience. And I want to take time to definitely thank God for the wonderful praise team and media department we we have here at Faith City Church. They've done an awesome job in making sure that this online experience has come to you. So we definitely thank God for that. Let's jump right into the word of God this morning. Look with me, if you will, at Exodus 12, uh, the 13th verse. I'll be reading out of God's word translation this morning. It reads, But the blood on your house will be a sign for your protection. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Nothing will touch or destroy you when I strike Egypt. For a little while this morning, I want to start a series entitled Stay in the House. Now, I know you can't touch anyone, but if you would, just type in the comment section, Stay in the House. I believe that God is talking to us in this season. And I believe that it is so important our response to what God is saying. I truly believe that God never talks and never wants a response. It's kind of like a parent, a parent that talks to a child. Anytime they talk to that child, they are talking to them with an expectation of a response. So God wants a response for us, and we have to be able to hear exactly what he's saying. All of us probably can remember as a child, our mother or our father, or, big grandma telling us to stay in the house. Well, let me tell you, like my mama told me, she told me, get in the house. Either way, we got to understand that they were telling us this because they realized that there was some danger outside. And it's so important that we realize that we are living in a day and time where danger is present outside and also inside, in us. We got to make sure that we have prepared ourselves, our hearts and minds, so that God can really do a work in our lives. Many of us have grown up now and probably can understand it a little bit better what mama and daddy and big grandma were saying. There's nothing like coming home from a hard day's work and being able to enter into your house. There's nothing like traveling on your way home through heavy traffic, and being able to turn the key in your door and come into the serenity of your house. In our text this morning, we see one of my favorite characters in the Bible, Moses. To me, he's right up there with Nehemiah and David and the Apostle Paul. Moses, whose name means drawn out, because understand. At an early age when Moses was born, his mother, for fear of being killed in Egypt, took him and put him in the Nile. And it was Pharaoh's daughter that heard him crying and had the servant go down and draw him up out of the water. It is Moses that grew up in Pharaoh's house and later killed the Egyptian and fled to the backside of the mountain. Moses who God used to deliver Israel out of the hand of Pharaoh, even though he was a murderer. Right there, you ought to take an opportunity to thank God because just like Moses, God used Moses even though he was a murderer, even though he had a stutter, and that ought to give us cause to realize that just like God used Moses, understand he can use you and I. Let's Set the backdrop for our text this morning. The Egyptians understand they had many gods. The Bible declares that they had the God of the Nile. They had the God of fertility. They had the God of earth. They had the God of creation. They had the God of love and protection. They had the God of medicine and peace. The goddess of the sky and the God of the sun. Egypt understand they had many gods. But they were rejecting the true and living God. And because of that, understand, God does not like other things lifted up before him. So what God did, God caused a pandemic to run through Egypt to kill every firstborn, even the firstborn of Pharaoh's house. And look at what verse 12 tells us. It says, on that night, on that same night, I will go throughout Egypt and kill every firstborn male, both human and animal. I will severely punish all the gods of Egypt because I am the Lord. One thing that I've learned over my years of being a Christian is that God has a way of getting your attention. The Egyptians understand they were idolatrous people. They lived however they wanted to live. They were selfish immoral greedy and covetousness i want to know does that sound familiar i believe that we're living in a day and time where our nation has become an idolatrous nation and many of us many of us have put other things before god we put our career we put selfish desires our flesh our agenda And many times, instead of putting God in his rightful place, we put so many other things. It was Matthew's gospel, Matthew 6 and 33 of the Amplified, that says, But first and most importantly, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. I think we flipped the script. I think now we found ourselves pursuing other things instead of putting God in his perspective place. And when we do that, understand God is a jealous God. I mean, that's what Exodus tells us. Exodus 34 and 14 tells us, For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. So God didn't want anybody taking his place. I like kind of what the Amplified said. The Amplified says, do not worship any other God because I, the Lord, tolerate no rivals. Understand, God didn't want a rival. He didn't want anybody to come between us and him. He wants to be first in our lives. And can I tell you that God is in love with his creation? That's right. He's in love with you and I. Yeah, he he, he wants to be intimate with us. Yeah, he wants to commune with us. God loves us so much that understand he wants us to love him back. Now, I know you might be saying, well, you know, uh, really, does God really love me? Look around. Look around at what I'm going through. Look around at this pandemic that is spreading throughout our nation. I mean, I can't even go anywhere. I'm cooped up in this house. Does God really love me? I like what the right of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 12 and 6. He says, for the Lord's disciples, or dis, the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastens every son whom he receives. Think about it. Every parent who has ever disciplined that child, you didn't discipline them because you hated them. No, you disciplined them because you loved them. You wanted the best thing for them. Now let me pause right here and be clear. No way am I saying that God has sent Corona our way. But what I am saying is that God can use Corona to get the response that he wants to get. Yeah, he has a way of getting our attention. Look at, where, look at what verse 13 says. But the blood on your house will be a sign for your protection. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Nothing will touch you. Or destroy you when I strike Egypt. God told Israel, I'm going to send a pandemic your way. And understand, the only thing that's going to save you, the only way that you're going to be safe, he says, kill a lamb, take the blood, and put it on the doorpost. Two things that uh, these Israelites, in order for them to survive this pandemic in Egypt, The first thing they had to do was sprinkle the blood on the doorpost. Understand that this was symbolic of a shadow and type of Christ. The blood was symbolic of being shed and applied to an individual's life. What's critical is, understand, even though the blood could be shed, it had to be applied. That means that if if they killed an animal and never applied the blood, understand, there would be no protection. See, we, 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 you know, you and I, you know, we strive to be good, we dress well, we look good, we told our Bibles, we come to church. But if we never apply the blood to our lives, understand, we jeopardize the only real thing that's really going to bring us some protection, and that is Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what the psalmist alluded to in Psalms 32 and 7 when he said, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from the trouble surrounding surround me with songs of deliverance. I like David. David understood his protection didn't come from man. He understood that his protection didn't come from himself and what he knew and what he could do. No, David understood that the only way that he was going to be protected was dependent on God. secondly, Yeah, secondly, Solomon understood this too. Solomon understood this. Proverbs 10 and 18 says, The name of the Lord is is a fortified tower. The righteous run in and are safe. Isn't that something? Solomon was letting us know, you know, the wisest person that ever lived. He was letting us know that God or the Lord is our fortified tower. If we're righteous and if we live right and if we do what God has called us to do, understand he will be our protector. Yeah, the second thing, second thing that after the blood has been applied, uh, they were to stay in the house. Because the truth of the matter is that if the blood was applied to the house, and they went out of the house, they would be outside of the protection of the house. So that means that whatever came their way, they couldn't blame it on God. No, they could blame it on themselves because they didn't stay up under the protection of the house. I told you earlier that when God says something, understand, when God says something, and when God allows something to happen, he does it because he's looking for a response. God has always or allowed something to happen, or God has allowed something to happen in our nation. Jobs are closed. Sporting events have been canceled. The economy is uncertain. And nearly half of the nation, guess what, is shut in the house. So let me give you a couple of things, that ways that you should respond as a result of staying in the house. The first one is, you ought to take spiritual inventory. Yeah, it's time to pause for a minute and take some inventory of your inner condition. Could it be that one of the reasons that God has allowed Corona is to get you to slow down and take a spiritual inventory? One of the things that I've done over the last couple of days that I've been in the house is that I've gone through my phone. And I deleted people that I hadn't called in a year. I've gone through my closet. Yeah, packed some bags of stuff that I wasn't going to use or hadn't used in the last year. Got it ready to go to the Goodwill. Can I suggest that this is what we ought to do in our spiritual life since we are in the house? Is that we ought to get rid of some stuff that's taking up room? Yeah, in our spiritual closet? Yeah, that's right. Stuff that's cluttered our lives and keeping us from serving God like we ought to. I'm reminded of what the writer in Hebrews says, Hebrews 12 and 1. He says, lay aside every weight and the sin which do easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Yeah, we ought to pause and begin to start asking ourselves, is what I'm doing benefiting me spiritually? Is what I'm doing truly what God wants me to do? See, some stuff we've allowed to hinder us from having the best possible relationship we could have with the Lord. And because, uh, and I believe that when things like this happen, you know, things like this pandemic virus that is going around, things like hurricanes, tornadoes, things like ice storms, understand your spiritual condition is important. Paul says, lay aside every weight and sin. Could I suggest to you that now is not the time to be playing church, but you ought to examine your life so that you can be the church? I like what James says in James 4 and 8 and 10 of the message translation. Look what he says. He says, so let God work his will in you. Yell yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there And he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit the bottom. And cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious. Get get real serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way that you'll get on your feet. Isn't that something? James is letting us know. Now is the time to examine ourselves while we... Can't go outside while we're in the house. We ought to pause for a minute and begin to look internally and make sure that we're doing what God has called us to do and living a serious Christian life. Well, the second thing you ought to do when you're in the house is increase your spiritual intimacy. I kind of thought about this the other day. I said, you know, probably about nine months from now, Uh, uh, the the, the hospital wards are probably going to be full of wives giving giving birth. Yeah, because during this time of being shut in the house, intimacy takes place. Yeah, can I suggest to you this morning that now, like no other time, that we ought to find ourselves being intimate with God? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the excuses have gone. Think about it. Distractions have been eliminated. We have a God that wants more, wants us to be more intimate with him because he wants to be intimate with us. I like what the psalmist said, ASAP, understood the value of intimacy with God. Look what he said in Psalms 73 and 28. He says, as for me, it is good to be near God. Now understand, ASAP was going through some things. He was looking at the wicked prospering. And he was having problems with it. And the Bible declares that he went into the sanctuary. And when he went into the sanctuary, he had an encounter with God. His encounter was so great that he realized that money and things are going to perish. But what was most important was his relationship with God. I wish I had at least two or three people out there that understood. Yeah. That understood that you need a relationship with God. It's not about the house. It's not about the car. It's not about where you work. It's not about how much money you have. But can I suggest to you that it's about your relationship with God? Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, we ought to be examining ourselves and getting into an intimate relationship with God. Yeah, I mean, because when you have a relationship with God, yeah, when you're intimate with him, understand when you know him, understand you'll fear him. Yeah, when you know him, you'll keep his word. When you know him, understand, uh, uh, you realize that nobody else, even Corona, can stand against God. When you got that relationship with him, understand, you'll trust him. Because intimacy with God produces revelation. Yeah, it produces revelation. It produces an understanding, a clarity to realize that the only way that you're going to be successful in life, the only way that you're going to accomplish and live a full life is to find yourself in a true relationship with God. I got to go. But the third thing, the third thing that you ought to do while you're in the house is you ought to have a spiritual shift. I'm telling you. I mean, when you have taken inventory... And when you have increased your spiritual intimacy with God, you, can, you, you cannot be the same. No, there's no way that you can spend time with God. There's no way that you can examine yourself and start removing those things like David said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. When you pause and examine yourself, understand you're going to come out better. Yeah, you're going to come out better. Uh, can I tell you that uh, when you come out of the house... Uh, yeah you should be better than when you went in the house <laughs> yeah I mean I mean Exodus Exodus 12 and 13 tells us but the blood of your house uh, on your house will be a sign for your protection. He says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you nothing will touch you or destroy you when I strike Egypt. So when yeah when 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 you take inventory and when you increase your intimacy with God, And when God brings you through the pandemic, oh, when God brings you through Corona, when God brings you through COVID-19, understand, something should shift spiritually in your life. Yeah, I mean, if you were a doubter when you went in, understand, when you come out, yeah, you ought to be increased in faith. Yeah, if you were a worshiper when you went in, understand, you ought to be a greater worshiper when you come out. I mean, if you were a giver when you went in, understand, you ought to be a greater giver when you come out. I mean, if you love God when you went in, understand, you ought to love him that much more, yeah, when you come out of the house, yeah. When you come out, understand, you ought to be better than when you went in. Yeah, so we gotta take time. Yeah, the to pause. I, I, I know you Playing video games, I, yeah, I, I, I know you're looking at your favorite show. Yeah, I, I, I know you're playing games on your phone, but can, can I tell you that this is serious? Can I tell you that God has allowed us an opportunity to get close to him, to pause for a minute? Because truth of the matter is, many of, of us were going here and there, running here and there, doing all types of things and putting God on the back burner. And yeah, God is a jealous God. So he has graciously given us his love and time to pause and examine our life to make sure that when we come out, that we're better than we were when we were in. end. I mean, if there's somebody out there today that maybe, you know, you've been in a hurry, your, your life has been in a hurry. Maybe there's somebody out there that, you know, you you don't have a real personal relationship with the Lord. Maybe there's somebody out there that you've been struggling. Maybe there's somebody out there that you, you know, you thought you were saved and thought you had a true relationship with the Lord, but you start examining your walk. You start examining your character. You start examining your talk. And now you realize that, hey, maybe I need to renew my relationship with the Lord I need to make sure this thing is right now somebody once told me that God never wastes a good storm and the storm that we're going through right now I'm here to tell you that you shouldn't want it to be wasted now now's the time to get right now's the time to search our life Now time to make sure that we have an intimate relationship with the Lord. Now it's time to kick our spiritual walk in high gear. Because God has eliminated some distractions in our life. He's got us at home. So that we can pause. So that we can get in his word more. So that we can pray more. So let's take advantage of this time. Because we want to be ready. For when we come out of the house. So we won't be the same. So that God doesn't have to allow anything else to get our attention. But that we're walking close to him. That we're not just playing church, but guess what? We are the church. And we're doing what he's called us to do, which is live right. Make disciples. Be in light. Set on a hill that can't be hid. To be a people that love people. To be a people that show compassion just as Christ showed compassion. Yeah, the Bible said he saw the multitude. Because he saw the multitude in their condition. Yeah, he had compassion on them. Yeah, now it's time for our our world to show a little compassion. Yeah, to let people know that, you know, we love each other. Let people know that we're willing to be there for one another. That's one thing that this pandemic has done, can I tell you? I mean, we don't hear about people fighting and arguing over who's right and who's wrong. Because truth of the matter is, all of us in the same boat. Whether rich, yeah, or poor. All of us are in the house. So the question is, how are you going to respond? Now that you're in the house. Will you come out better than you went in? Again, maybe there's somebody today that wants to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible said all you got to do is confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and receive him. Confess that you're a sinner. Believe that he died and he rose on the third day for your sins. And then accept him in your heart. And if somebody, if you did that, I, I want to encourage you to go to our website, getfaith.net. In the area or in the heading that says become a Christian, click on that and add your name. Send us your information. And then maybe there's somebody out there, you don't have a local church or a church that you belong to. But can I tell you, you can be our virtual church. Yeah, you can go on our website to become a partner. Put your information in and somebody will respond to you because the truth of the matter is you don't realize just how much you need a church until you can't go to church. Yeah. Until you can't go to church. Church is vital. It's a community of believers that come together for kingdom purposes. So I pray that this word has blessed you. I pray that this word is going to make a difference in your life.